0: Bosco's Boys. Come on, boys. Boom, the boys are back. And it is time for another episode of Bosco's Boys. Um, let's see. It, it, it's been a it's been a fun week. It's been a fun week of K-State Athletics. You know, it, it is truly the offseason. Although, shout out to the Bat-Cats uh, sweeping KU. And, and, and honestly, um, look... If they can get some quality wins down the stretch from Big 12 play, um, if they can pick up a win or two down Oklahoma City for the uh, Big 12 tournament, the Batcats might make it to a regional. They might be in postseason play now. I think uh, when you look at the quality of wins in the non-conference, which is still ongoing with baseball, they they play some non-conference games throughout the entire season. You're going to need some series wins to close things out. You're going to need to take some games, uh, again, versus some of the top competition in the Big 12 down in Oklahoma City. Um, But it's definitely in play. The postseason is still 100% in play for Pete Hughes and the Batcats. Sweeping KU is always great, but KU sucks. Uh, KU sucks at baseball. Um, but you got to, you got to take all the wins you can get from the bad teams. Um, so stay tuned. We'll, we'll see how the back end of the season goes. Might need to get Brian Smoller on here to talk some bat cats here soon though. Um, because again, a a nice three game sweep over the University of Kansas in Lawrence. Um, this episode, I'm going to kind of put a a bow on the football and basketball seasons that were in tackle, at least from my perspective, the question we talked about on the live show and that's been going on on Twitter, uh, basically since the elite eight run by the basketball team, uh, you know, what was the more fun season? What was the better season uh, combined case state football and basketball um, this year, this past season versus the 20, 12 2013 sports season so i'll talk about that a little bit i'm going to talk about um some big time basketball recruiting news uh portal max ace uh was on campus this week and then a pending uh an announcement on tuesday from five star david castillo i'll talk about that i'll talk about uh towards the end of the show A little bit of Big 12 to to, uh, Big 12 Colorado news, Colorado to the Big 12, and Big 12 Mexico, Um, which, I mean, we we know nothing about, but I'll I'll kind of give um, a point of view on some stuff uh, with Brett Yormark in, in a recent podcast interview he gave. Before we get into all of that, remember, we are sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company, the best brewery in the state of Kansas. I'm always talking about how great their beers are and trust me, the beers are amazing. but they also have a ton of fun events all throughout the calendar. Coming up, they have a beer and pie event at Annie May's on the 18th. They're going to have three specialty pies to pair with to uh, pair with, excuse me, three Manhattan Brewing Company beers. Also, on 420, there's a huge event at the brewery starting at 5.30. They're releasing Frog Wizard, a hoppy sour collaboration with Switch Wicked. Uh, It is a soured ale with mosaic hops, lavender, vanilla beans, and pea flour. They'll also have two bands playing and all sorts of food vendors and some food options there as well. I promise that is going to be a great event. They're also going to have Wild Side. They're going to be setting up and selling some super fun merchandise. So please check out Manhattan Brewing Company. Some fun events on uh, 421. They also have a luau party. So there's going to be some super fun Hawaiian style beers and fun going on as well. So much going on this week at Manhattan Brewing Company. All right, let's get into it. Um, th- this is this is a fun conversation. This is a, And the reason why it's a fun one and it's a fun debate um, because it goes hand in hand with K-State having a ton of success. Now, I don't think there is any wrong answer to this one. I, I truly believe, in, and I have an opinion, and I'm going to talk through my thoughts on this, um, but there isn't a wrong opinion. I, I might disagree with one of the opinions. It's not my opinion. But I truly don't think there is a wrong opinion here. And I hope that for, for this, you, you know, I always say, please tweet at Bosco's Boys, at Scott Wildcat. Give me your thoughts and your opinions. Um, I asked all the boneheads, okay, the 2012-13 season versus the 2022-23 season. Now, let's let's just kind of start... Um, with the 2012-2013 season. Now, truth be told, hand up, I am very biased in this conversation. Um, I was a student at K-State, and I don't think there is any scenario in which, as a college sports fan, it gets better than the four to five to six, seven, however many years you're at school. So I I'm not this is I'm not going to pretend that I can be objective about these uh arguments. Um and, and this is this is kind of why. You know, you're in school and when you talk about the fun aspect because there's a couple different ways you can approach this. What was the better season? What was the more fun season? Um so if, if I kind of take out the oh I was in college side to it, you know, which again was a massive part to it. It was a big part. Again, maybe the biggest part. You know, I'm in school there. I have class with, you know, some of the football and basketball guys. Um, I actually, you know, am pretty good friends with a couple guys on both teams. Uh, You know, being there, being in the student section, take all that out. If you go back and look at the 2012 football season, a couple things that kind of, from my opinion, put that year over the top when you're talking about fun. Just pure fun. You're in the national championship hunt basically the entire season once things get going. You have the Cardiac Cats season that year before and you set the table for being a national title contender type team. You go through the entire season leading up to that Baylor game where you're being talked about as amongst One of the best in the country. You don't ever. There's no part of that that ever happens uh, during this most recent season. And not only that, but and and we've talked about this uh, at exhaust. And and I I think uh, I'm sure there's going to be scenarios in which we talk about it. uh, You know, again in the future. But if you look at that season, not only do you have the championship talk. Not only are you the number one ranked BCS team for a couple weeks, but it's a year in which you are going to get to play a very uh, pedestrian. Well, you would have had the chance to play a very pedestrian Notre Dame team in the national championship. Um, it just gave you hope and uh, kind of set you up uh, to have, uh, you know, more fun. Looking at the total landscape of college football that you didn't get this year. Another thing you didn't get this year was a true Heisman Trophy contender. Now, I think Deuce Vaughn probably deserved a little bit more conversation. Um, I, I think that, you know, Adrian Martinez getting all of his rushing touchdowns early in the year while he was still starting kind of hurt Deuce Vaughn. And as a Heisman Trophy voter, I regret not giving. Vaughn my third place vote. I think he deserved it, but he wasn't in the conversation. He was not being talked about on Pardon the Interruption, on Sports Center, on you know college game day or anything like that. You weren't getting any of those uh national talking points about any of those individual players. Also, you only lost two games. You know, if you're looking at just you know wins and losses. Look, you didn't have many losses, Uh, and you had some absolute fun games. You have that Texas game at home, clinching it. That OU game on the road, absolutely crazy. Uh, The West Virginia game on the road, all the talk about Geno Smith being a Heisman contender, absolutely smacking them down, uh, kicking the shit out of Miami. Again, not a ton of super close games, um, and, and just a really fun season. And then you go to basketball, if you want to talk about fun. Look, Bramlage Coliseum was sold out, over 12,000 fans every single game that year. Um, yes, there was the drama and the lack of buy-in um, from folks with Bruce Weber, but it was still a packed house. It was a season where you have a frustrating you know, couple losses in the non-con, uh, but things ramp up and you're right there at the top uh, the entire way. Um, you have an absolute, you know, iconic game beating, excuse me, uh, Jerome Tang and Scott Drew's Baylor Bears, you know, on a last second three-pointer by Rodney Magruder. Just an iconic shot. You have some of those iconic moments. And again, it's, uh, it's just a season where, hey, you know, you're playing for a trophy all the way. Now that season definitely did not end being fun. Um, you, you know, you, you didn't get, uh. run in the NCAA tournament at all I was actually there for the LaSalle game it was horrible but you had a lot of fun moments a lot of fun games in Bramlage Coliseum Uh, and you get you get a trophy and you hang a banner for the Big 12 championship that is fun those things are fun Uh, we have an Elite 8 banner you'll get the year up there uh, but you didn't get any trophies you don't get get an individual banner. Uh, You also had a lot of fun with guys like Rodney Magruder, Angel Rodriguez. So while you have some stars, you have some guys going up in the rafters, although I would argue Rodney Magruder should go up in the rafters as well. Um, You had all of that as well. And when you want to talk about fun, and we'll talk about quality as a whole as well, volleyball made the postseason. Baseball won the Big 12 title as well, which in fairness to this season – uh, if K-State baseball got hot and just started winning series, it's not, like, it's. I don't think it's impossible. I mean, it might be close uh, since we already played Texas, um, but it wouldn't be impossible to win a share of the Big 12 uh, in baseball again this year if they got hot and finished, you know, if they if they won out, you know. That, that would put you definitely in position uh, to, to win the, the, the Big 12. So it's not out of question, but I don't know if we'll get there. And I do think... Um, based on how K-State has played some of the better teams on their schedule, I, I still think it is a little bit of an uphill battle for them to make the postseason. So that, that's kind of the fun part of it. And then when you look at the quality, again, um, two Big 12 titles, three Big 12 titles, uh, and then you know you have another one of your secondary sports volleyball uh, making the postseason as well. When you're talking about overall quality, if you're saying, best not fun but best i do think the accolades of 2012-13 get you over the top um th- this season now if you want to make the argument for fun and, and i'll kind of play both sides of this if you want to have the argument about which season's more fun well obviously the one that just happened <laughs> you know uh, you, you're stuck kind of doing things on memory for 2012-2013. So in this moment, as I'm sitting here on April 16th... Of course, the, the most fun... It's so easy to say the most fun one is the one we just had. Um, you look at the football season... And, and I even talked about uh, this with Grant at the end of the year show. Um, it, it was a low-stress year. Um, when you when you think about the 2012 season... Um, there, there was some stress involved in it. Because you were competing for the absolute highest, uh, level and, and at a, in a position that I don't think K-State football will ever truthfully be again. I, I, in and who knows what happens. Um, but I don't know if we'll ever be in a position where K-State football fans can sit back and say, Hey, we legitimately could win the national title. Um, I, I don't know if we will truly be be able to be honest with ourselves and say that again. Um, but it was low stress. Every game was a ton of fun because, hey, look, if you lost, eh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, because of that two-lane loss, I mean, you're just like, all right, hey, you know, whatever. In uh, the TCU loss, hey, you know, uh, even that loss, while it sucked, and if you guys recall, I, I was in the hotel room and I was pissed off because, hey, I thought we were better than TCU. Um, you, you had a lot of injuries, you know, the, the The Texas game was not fun. That was not a fun game for anyone. Um, but but all the losses were just like, eh, you know, whatever, uh, because you were always in the race and things were always right there for it to be had um, to, to make it to Arlington, which was always the ultimate goal possibly the final matchup with Oklahoma an absolute uh just amazing fun game uh in Norman which I was at uh just slapping down KU as they think they're hey we're, we're finally able to make this a game and you really just don't leave them with uh much of a hope at all you know I, a- after after we got up in that game um th- there, there wasn't a lot of hope for KU at all so that was a lot of fun um taking care of Iowa State and what was an ugly game. That was a lot of fun, too. And then, of course, actually winning the Big 12 championship game. All a lot of fun. Um, when it comes to Drum Tank, know what's fun? Having the entire fan base, 99.9% of the fan base, all pulling in the right direction. That is a ton of fun. Once the fans not only were pulling in the same direction, but buying in, Bramlage, getting back to that octagon of doom, getting back to those levels of... Atmosphere that we saw uh, at different points during the Bruce era, that we saw all the time during the Frank era, what we saw come about during the Bob Huggins era, and knowing, hey, this could be the new norm again. That is a ton of fun. Not only that, but you beat a ton of ranked teams. You had a bunch of iconic moments. Again, for having the Big 12 championship, there's a handful of iconic moments. I think the only one that has stood the test of time and consistently gets brought up is the Rodney Magruder uh, three-pointer to beat Baylor. But when you look at this uh, at this season, when you, when you want to talk about fun, You have the iconic moments where Marquise Noel is hitting big shots, uh, setting up Keontae for alley-oop dunks. Uh, Naquan Tomlin dunking the ball, setting the record, single-season record for dunks in the season. All these Harlem Globetrotter plays. um, The absolute iconic game with Michigan State. uh, Taking care of Kentucky for the second straight time in the NCAA tournament. Um, the, the fun, just kind of, uh, you know, uh, game versus uh, Montana State to open things up. A lot of just purely fun moments. And then, uh, you know, when when, we, when you want to look at quality, if you want to s- say what is the best. Now, um, football for football, I mean, look, I think you ended up around the same place in the final AP poll, Um, I think you have comparable amount of ranked wins. Um, You know, you you get to do it in the Big 12 Championship. There is no shared title. I can see the arguments for it. Um, Basketball, I'm always, you know, it's the Elite Eight in Big 12 Championship, the regular season championship. They're right there. Um, I I, I, I truly understand. Hey, if, if you're asking me beginning of the season, hey, Big 12 Championship, um, but you lose in the first weekend or, uh, you know, finish top four and you make the Elite Eight, I'm going to have a tough time deciding on that. I love the NCAA tournament. I, I truly do. But there's something about uh, getting that trophy at the end of a grueling, just slobber knocker of a conference that the Big 12 is. Um, so, so you know, it, 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 you kind of go back and forth. Again, I lean towards the trophy. You put up the banner, you get the trophy. Uh, But going to the Elite Eight is a ton of fun. And again, the basketball team did it in a much tougher year of the Big 12 versus Bruce's first year. They finished third. They did not finish with as good of a record, but they finished third in a tougher league. They get more ranked wins. And again, it was a true gauntlet, just an absolute gauntlet that uh, you had to navigate. So if you're looking at quality of basketball season, Again, uh, I, I could understand the argument either way. I, I, I would go with the trophy. But again, what they were able to accomplish this year was a lot of quality. Ultimately, though, uh, if you put any value at all to non-football, uh, you know, football, basketball, which I don't put a ton of it, uh, but winning the Big 12 in baseball, uh, getting so close to making it to Omaha, volleyball making the postseason and being a fun team, uh, I, I think I, I think when you're talking about quality, I, I think 2012-13 is just better as a whole. Um, b- but honestly, I could see the argument either way. I'm hoping, I have my fingers crossed, I really hope we get another season in which we can have this debate. I would love to see another Big 12 title or, hey, maybe a New Year's Six Bowl. M- maybe it's a loss in Arlington or maybe it's, hey... Maybe it's like a three-way tie, K-State gets left out, but hey, they take care of business in the Cotton Bowl or the Peach Bowl or something like that, and uh, you get a New Year's Six Bowl and 11 wins, and you finish in the top eight, and you know then basketball wins a Big 12 title, makes it to the Sweet 16. I hope we get to have more of these conversations, more of these debates moving forward. And I'll say this, and this is something that a lot of fans brought up. Hey, it is the future. Hey, all the momentum that the two programs have. I get it. I understand. I think that there is going to be a lot of momentum uh, for the programs in the future. But don't forget, K-State was, in the in the football seasons, the next two seasons, you have a an eight-win season where you finish middle of the pack in the Big 12 and a season where you're one game away from getting a share of the trophy having nine wins and having a top 20 season basketball the next season you made it to the postseason and we're gonna talk about uh, you know some of the uh, recruiting stuff some of the transfers that k State is going after uh, here in a moment but you know look I, I need to see where the uh I, I need to see where things land before I, I'm sitting here and saying hey it's no doubt we're it's second weekend or bust again for the basketball team because we we just lost 75 percent of the production we need to see what the roster looks like before i can make any big declarations now luckily jerome tang truly does have the midas touch uh everything he has done since he's come to k-state has been a wild success and the portal probably should be thought of as no different coming into the season so i understand everyone saying hey that felt like the mountaintop, this feels like the beginning. I totally get that for both football and basketball. But, you know, football especially, you know, didn't have a bad next two years. And honestly, you know, a loss of Chris Kleiman's North Dakota State uh, Bison, uh, you know, if you win that game, you know, in, you know, 2013, I I think even that year's seemed drastically different. Let's move on into uh, K-State. Uh, in the portal k state uh, with high school basketball recruiting and I'm not going to go too deep in this um, there are three great recruiting sites uh, Kso emo online go powercat there's a ton of insiders and truthfully I read some of the insiders so I'm not I'm not going to sit here and just uh, you know say everything that's behind their paywall I'm not going to do that Um, But what I will say is, uh, and kind of just wrap up what has been going on, uh, because that's all out there on Twitter, and I'll I'll just kind of give my take to it. Uh, Max Acemas was on campus. It was a short visit due to some of the weather that was going on in the region over this weekend. Um, His flight for his official visit got in, uh, you know, got diverted, uh, so he didn't get in until Saturday morning, then headed back to uh, Texas. Uh, you know, where he's originally from, uh, late morning on Sunday, so it was a short visit. Um, but this guy is the number two player in the transfer portal. He can get tons of buckets, he plays guard, and truthfully, is exactly what this team needs. Max a. Smith, uh, he was at Oral Roberts, he is the type of guy who is going to get buckets for you he's going to help run the game i don't know truthfully i'm not going to sit here and pretend uh if i know uh the quality of defender he is but this staff with all the guys they brought in and even with ish even with marquise um you could see that they know how to get guys to buy in on the defensive end as well now we could have arguments about uh, especially as we saw in the NCAA tournament was the defense good enough i mean we can have that conversation um, but w- when you're losing 75% of your scoring max Asemus is definitely a guy we i mean we need we we need it's it's not the end of the world let, let, let's let's just let, let's make sure we don't over exaggerate things if, if it doesn't go our way but max Asemus is the type of guy who, if you get, if he's your first portal pickup, uh, you guys heard me talking three minutes ago saying, hey, we need to see what the roster is going to be looking like for next year before we're saying, hey, second weekend or bust. He's the type of player, he's the type of talent, and, and again, the number two player, according to On3, in the entire transfer portal, a five-star transfer, um, he's the type of guy that if you get him in the fold, all of a sudden, you start looking at your other openings. You start saying, all right, hey, how do we fill in You know, maybe your number two score? Hey, now we can start looking at specific roles we want to fill for this team. And then all of a sudden, things are looking dangerous. Now, the Big 12 is going to be just as much, if not more, of a gauntlet next year uh, than it was this year. Um, so I'm not ready to say, hey, Big 12 title contenders, uh, no matter what we get in the portal. Look, I'm, I'm going to need to see you know the first few weeks of Big 12 play before I make that declaration. But hey, go back and listen. Go back and listen to the shows. Once we got those wins, once we were deserving of that praise, I put it right there. I, I, w- I was full on saying, hey, here we go. We're in the Big 12 title hunt. Let's go. Um, so once I see what the final roster is, once we see some games in November, December, don't worry. I will 100% put us on that level if I think we need to be there. So we'll see what Max Asemus does. Uh, It sounds like Texas, it's been reported, Texas has always been uh, one of the uh, teams to watch out for. Um, Possibly Baylor, they have some openings. I don't know if Houston will get involved, but it seems like Max Asemus is going to play in the Big 12. Uh, So so we're going to be seeing a lot of them, no matter who it is. I hope it is in Lavender. I hope it is for Jerome Tang and the Cats. Um, Another visit that is going to happen uh, this Thursday uh, is uh, Aaron Estrada. So he's from Hofstra. He is, I believe, the number five or number six player in the transfer portal. uh, According to On3, another five-star ranked uh, transfer portal guy. He's another guard. He's a little bit longer. He's 6'3". And uh, he has visited, I believe, Alabama and Cincinnati. He canceled a visit to Florida State. And K-State is the final school of his final four that he's going to visit. He's going to make an announcement on April 29th. Um, That's another one. Again, he's a guy who can get buckets. Both of them are players of the year from their conferences uh, at Oral Roberts. Uh, you know, Ace Miss was the conference player of the year. I think Estrada is maybe a two-time conference player of the year, if not just one-time conference player of the year. Um, so if you can get him on, if you can have a starting backcourt of those two guys to pair with Cam Carter, then you throw in Naquan Tomlin, and then, hey, you either find another big in the portal, uh, you roll with Gasson, maybe Colbert takes a big jump. All of a sudden, you know, one through four you feel pretty comfortable with and heck you can go after guys who are uh projects you can go after another wing who's going to give you more uh, positional flexibility and lineup flexibility if you were to land both ace and estrada uh folks uh forget you know you know joe lenardi with his like way too early bracketology having his first four out you land those two guys. You pair with Tomlin, who has another year of production, folks. Again, I'm not going to anoint us preseason as contenders for the Big 12 title, but you best believe there's going to be quite a lot of big or K State love with these preseason uh, top 25s. And I promise you, we're not going to be picked near the bottom of the Big 12 in the uh, coaches' poll, the preseason coaches' poll. Uh, you know, come october at big 12 media days if you grab those two guys final bit of news when it comes to basketball recruiting i would say and i would predict that tuesday is going to be a big day david castillo who is a five star on he is the number 12 player uh on espn as a five star he's a 247 consensus uh uh, five star, and I think the, uh, their consensus ranking has him at twenty. And then he is a two four seven on three and Rivals four star, right on the border of a five star. He's from Bartlesville, Oklahoma. He's a six one point guard, and he is playing for none other than the Wildcat legend himself, Clint Stewart, down in Oklahoma. Now I have a great feeling about this. All the context clues on Twitter make it seem like it is going K State's way. Again, subscribe to any of the great sites on there. I'm sure there's a lot of information. I'm not going to take any of the inside information. But again, as someone, just if you're looking at Twitter, if you're looking at all the context clues, it looks like David Castillo might be wearing lavender and purple for Jerome Tang. If it goes this way, and I'll be sure to have a conversation uh, you know, with some sort of experts. I don't know if it'll, if it'll be a midweek episode, or if we'll talk about it more next Monday. But this is a guy who uh, is a five-star. It would be, I believe, the highest-ranked recruit we've had since Wally Judge, maybe even higher-ranked than Wally Judge. This might be the highest-ranked guy we've had since Michael Beasley. Um, This is the type of caliber of recruit we're talking about. It's a guy who is going to be in the running for the McDonald's All-American game, Uh, you know, this time next season. This is a program-defining type guy guy and if Jerome Tang gets that uh, commitment on Tuesday folks look everything like I said everything that Jerome Tang has done since he showed up has been amazing even when he goes about things uh, you know the way I wouldn't want him to I've talked about it on here I, I thought hey I thought it was a little bit of overkill the whole uh, you know, cram the Bram uh, campaign. But guess what? Once they started that, you didn't have a single game under 10,000 attendance. Every single weekend game was a sellout from that moment on. Every single game was a near sellout from that moment. Guess what? He got it done. He wanted people to stop chanting Fuck KU. I was like, eh, let them do whatever they want. Guess what? The chance stopped. The guy does everything correct, everything he does comes out roses. The guy has the Midas touch. And if he can check off five-star recruit, boom. That's one of the only things he hasn't done. Uh, you know, as great as everything was in the portal from last year, and it, and it all worked out. Keontae Johnson, All-American. Desi Sills, uh, probably the number three or worst number four player on the team. you filled a roster from two to 15, almost exclusively in the portal, I mean, you got guys to buy in but none of them were massive like head-to-head recruiting wins versus anybody you know if you get ace Miss, that's beating texas that's beating baylor that's beating a ton of schools who couldn't even get on his list if you get estrada that's beating alabama that's beating cincinnati that's beating florida state that's beating all sorts of teams again that couldn't even get on his short list these If you were to land these guys, there's nothing, there is nothing you can say that Jerome Tang hasn't done. And folks, I I think it is time to start talking about when it's all said and done, will Jerome Tang be the best coach K-State basketball has ever had? Because if you start bringing in that quality of recruit, if you start bringing in that quality of transfer, I mean... Folks, I mean, look what he did. look what he did with such short notice. Look what he did with only two guys returning. I, I mean, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but but the 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 best of times are ahead of K State basketball, uh, and I think Tuesday is going to be a day of celebration. And I'm hoping uh, that's not the only day of celebration here in the coming weeks. Let's end with some Big Twelve talk. Um, Because there's been some stuff that has uh, kind of really made noise on Twitter. uh, And and some of it is fun. Some of it is just, just, hey, pure realignment stuff. Let's start with the fun and we'll end with realignment. Uh, uh, Brett Yormark went on a podcast. uh, It was like a talent pod. I don't know what the name of the podcast was. but, But it was with the search firm that actually helped place him with the Big 12. And a lot of it was just a lot of corporate speak. Some of it was insightful, but something that made a little bit of, a, of news, and it's kind of taken on a light, or kind of life of itself, uh, is Brett Yormark bringing up that he's going to be in Mexico uh, later this spring, early summer, to talk about Big 12 Mexico. Now, he does not mention what Big 12 Mexico means. He doesn't give any more insight. It was just kind of like, yep, Big 12 Mexico. He, he said those words and said he was going to be down in Mexico. Now, I have no idea what that partnership could mean. And I, and I, I truthfully don't really know what all Brett Yormark kind of has up his sleeve. But I do like uh that he's trying to be creative uh you know you kind of get a little scared a little weary uh you know is he is he doing the larry scott thing about trying to do a little bit too much get a little too wacky uh we we saw what happened with the pac-12 i don't think that's the case i think he's an infinitely more intelligent and better business mind than larry scott uh, but we'll see, uh, you know, is this going to take Big 12 football games to Mexico? Are basketball games going to go to Mexico? Or is it just like a marketing thing? Is it going to be similar to, uh, you know, the the deal with Rucker Park where, hey, we're going to send some folks down uh, to Mexico City or to Monterey or something uh, to have like an outreach, to have something, uh, you know, going on down there. And it's not necessarily games. Um, I'm sure we'll find out here shortly. Um, but it is interesting to kind of see what is going on. Now, I'm not opposed uh, to the Big Twelve playing games, uh, you know, out of footprint. You know, if you guys go back, I've had, uh, I, I had my like f- three point plan to uh, for the Big Twelve uh, to monetize basketball without adding Gonzaga. Um, we'll see what happens there. Um, I, I, I think, it, I think if, I think if the Big Twelve is going to spin off uh, basketball rights from football rights. I think there's a pretty good chance that we do see some basketball-only schools. I don't love that. I'm not going to really rehash that right now. I'll do it in the future if we need to. Uh, but I wouldn't be opposed to, hey, uh, if you're creating you know, t- big tent events, if you're trying to make monetized events, if you're trying to create more revenue for the conference by creating events I'm not against it. You see some of these other programs, you know, it's the Shamrock Classic Week Zero over in Ireland. I think that is great for college football and I think that's great for the conferences. If the Big 12 decided, hey, we're gonna play a couple games in Mexico, we're gonna play a couple games in Germany or in England or in Scotland or places internationally that have an appetite for American football, I'm not against that. I'm not against trying to, uh, you know, use events, use games to build the Big 12's brand. Now, if K-State ever got put in a situation where, hey, you're losing a home game, a home conference game to play in Mexico, to play in Germany, to play these different places, first off, I'd probably try to go. You know, I'm lucky enough to have a good enough job where it's like, hey, you know, Screw it. I'm going to try to go. I'm sure it would not go over well. And honestly, I bet the coaches and maybe even athletic directors probably don't like that. But if doing these events created a ticket stream where, hey, the Big 12 increases its revenue. If doing these events led led to, hey, uh, a Mexican TV uh, partner wanted to give $10-$20 million a year for the broadcast rights in Mexico. Or if hey we're playing a game over in the UK, or hey we're playing a game over in Germany, and one of these European-based uh, sports broadcasters are saying hey we'll, we'll pick up the rights for you know twenty million dollars a year for for all the Big Twelve uh, football games over in uh, Europe. Sure, that's awesome. That's an extra few million dollars per school to just kind of add money to uh, you know the, the operating budgets. If this is the route the Big big, the Big Twelve wants to go, I will fully support it. We've seen the NFL do it because there is an appetite internationally for American football. You know they are selling out stadiums, they're getting television rights going up and up in Europe and in Mexico and in South America. The game of American football is growing outside of our borders and if we can find a way to tap into that if we can find a way to monetize that i'm all for it 100%. We'll see what Brett Yormark has up his sleeves when it comes to Big 12 Mexico and see if it's more than than just him, you know, using an excuse to get down south of the border. Finally, let's talk about Colorado. Could they be coming back to the Big 12. Before we do, remember, sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. We talked earlier about some of the fun events they have going on this week. Uh, you know, beer and pie pairings at Annie May's, uh, some fun events, you know, for uh, 420, uh, some merch, all sorts of fun beers, some Hawaiian themed stuff on 421. There's always something fun going on at Manhattan Brewing Company. Not only are they the best brewery in the state of Kansas, they have Super fun events. They're awesome. All right, Colorado to the Big Twelve. Uh, look, I I don't know. I don't I don't know if it's going to happen. There's seemingly more smoke about them uh, than than there has been, um, basically since you know the the demise of the Pac-12 really kind of got started over the last eight months or so. Look, I truthfully. If I had it my way, we wouldn't add Colorado. We wouldn't add any more schools. Um, I don't like 12 teams. <laughs> I liked 10. I, I thought 10 was truthfully the perfect number for a conference. I don't want more than 10. Um, it, it, actually, I no, I don't. There, there's I, I didn't want more than 10. I loved round robin in football. I loved double round robin in basketball. I don't want more and again it, it's impo- it's it's truly impossible to know um th- what to to have known what was going to happen um but i have a massive 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 uh sense of buyer's remorse adding houston uh central florida and cincinnati um I have a ton of buyer's remorse. I, I truthfully, I, I, don't, I don't, no part of me, zero parts of me, wants uh, them in any of those three in the conference. I, I don't think they add anything. I'm looking forward to BYU. I know uh, at times the institution athletic department they've they found themselves in some problematic situations, uh, but I think as a brand, as an athletic department, they are a net uh, positive for the Big Twelve. But now, in this world in which you can add schools from the Pac 12, um, you know, being able to possibly add Colorado, possibly get to add Arizona, Arizona State, um, you can't help but think, damn, you know, you're you're now stuck basically uh, until the end of college sports with Houston, with Cincinnati, and UCF. Um, And quite frankly, I'm not really excited about. about those teams after I I go there once for a football game to be like, Hey, you know, went to a, went to a a new stadium, went to a new city for football. I'm it's not really going to be fun. Like Houston, like, yeah, they got their basketball program up and running. Um, I think that they will be fun. I think they're going to take a step back. I think they're going to kind of, um, realize, okay, life in the big 12 way different than life in the American when it comes to basketball and football, quite frankly. But, uh you know I I just kind of have a little bit of buyers remorse now if adding those four teams um, instead of trying to wait it out because again you had no, th- there's no way there was no way to know um that the big 12 was going to do everything right basically from the moment Oklahoma and Texas left the big 12 did everything right uh now they're ending up with a very good TV deal which might actually, be enough to tempt some folks from the Pac-12 over. There's no way to know that was going to happen. Uh, no part of me thought that was going to happen. Uh, so it's probably an exercise in futility. But I definitely have buyer's remorse now. If Colorado wants to come, cool. They they're they're my least favorite. Like, I, I guess I'd probably probably prefer them to come back versus Texas A&M. I guess. Um, but th- they're they're the school of all the Big Eight schools that have left or they're going to leave. That I I cared the l- l- less about them. If I could bring back Nebraska, Missouri, or keep Oklahoma over Colorado, I definitely would. If I could keep uh, Texas and maybe even Texas A&M, I would. Uh, adding Colorado back doesn't really do anything for me outside of uh, you know kind of giving giving us ammo to laugh at all the Pac-12 folks. Um I would prefer Arizona. I prefer Arizona State. I'd prefer both of them over Colorado. Um but it is what it is. It, it will be interesting to see if anything happens. Uh, really from May to July is peak uh conference realignment season. So, um while I'm going to take some time off, I'm going to pre-record some episodes during that time frame. If anything breaking news happens, you know, I'll hop on the mic and we will uh talk about it. Um I think that's all we have. Again, stay tuned. I I think it's going to be a big week for basketball recruiting. Football recruiting, they had a ton of uh, prospects on campus. They had some junior days. I think good times are ahead for football recruiting as well. Spring ball just wrapped up. Uh, In the coming weeks, we're going to try to get uh, someone, you know, a little bit uh, more on the inside than me uh, to come on and give a wrap-up of spring ball. Um, So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll be talking to you guys definitely on monday maybe we'll have something midweek for you so stay tuned just refresh the podcast feed every day just in case keep an eye out on twitter so for manhattan brewing company for chauncey bosco the best dog in the world we love you guys and go cats hail to To the white wild cat in spirit, wild cat in fight, hail alma mater from sea to sea. State Wildcats form alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. fight. UK State Wildcats. Podcast Network.